We're going to do something a little different today. Why does that not surprise you that know me? <coughs> um, I, uh, I ask Allison to, to uh, provide for you the, the gospel reading. You have that on the blue sheet of paper. Um, it's a story of uh, it's three parables, parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin, the parable that's often called the prodigal son. I'm going to talk to you mostly about the prodigal son, but I'd like you to, uh, it's going to be in my words rather than in the words of scripture, but I wanted you to have what God said, not what Forrest said in your hands. Jesus said there was once a man who had two sons. The younger son came to the father and said, Dad, I'm the youngest son. I know that I don't get as much as my older brother. But would you give me my inheritance? I want to go someplace and make it on my own. The father said, okay. So the father divided the property between the, the, them and, and gave the younger son his share. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and left and went to a far country. While he was there, he got involved with the wrong crowd. Lots of times that happens. He wasted all of his money in riotous living, it says in one version of the scripture. When the money was gone, so were his friends. He was in a, uh, a, severe, a place where there was a severe famine, and no one had anything to eat. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a place to stay, had no money. He was simply lost. So he went to a pig farmer and said, I'd like a job. And the pig farmer gave him a job, which has got to be about the worst job for a Jewish boy to have, feeding pigs. Can't get much worse than that. Well, he didn't have much to eat even then. He wished he could eat what the pigs were eating because they had a better deal than he did. Well, one day he came to his senses and said, How many of my dad's servants have a home to live in and plenty of food to eat? And here I am, I'm starving I'm living in a pigsty. It just is not a very good way to live. And he thought, I know what I'll do. I'll get up. I'll go to my father. I better call him father, not dad. Uh, <clears throat> and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and sinned against you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me as one of your hired servants. So he got up and began the journey back to his home. As he walked, you can just see him walking along the road, repeating time and time again, Father, I've, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just treat me as one of your hired hands. Father, I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm, I've, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm not worthy to be your, called your son. Just treat me as one of your hired hands. Every day, the father was looking, hoping against hope that he'd see his son coming down the road. He would look and look. One day, he was looking down the road, and he saw someone coming towards him. And just how you can know your child in a group of kids, you can see them. I don't care how many kids there are. You can look down and say, oh, that's my kid there, you know. They graduate, and you're sitting up in the balcony. You know when your kid's graduating. <laughs> Looking down, he said, there's my son. He's coming. 
Father knew it was his son even before he could see him very clearly. While he was still a long way off, the father saw him, recognized him, ran to him, grabbed him, hugged him, kissed him, and said to the servant, Quick, get the best robe, put it on him, give him a ring for his finger, and put shoes on his feet, and let's kill the fatted calf. For my son that I thought was lost has been found. The one I thought was, was gone forever, was dead, is alive, and he's here. He said to the servants, we've got to do this now, quickly. Now, the older brother was working in the field. And as he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called out to one of the servants, What's all the commotion about? Why is everyone singing and dancing? Why is everyone celebrating? What's going on? The servant said to him, Your brother has come home, and your father's killed the fatted calf and we're, because he's safe and sound, and we're having a grand celebration. But the older brother was angry and refused to go in. The father came out to him and begged him to come and celebrate his brother's return. He told his father, Look, all these years I have served you. I have never disobeyed you. I have worked my fingers to the bone, and you never even gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, not my brother, comes, the one who spent all of his money living wildly and recklessly, spending his money on prostitutes and drugs and alcohol and whatever else, when he comes home, suddenly you have a big celebration and you kill the fatted calf. Well, the father put his arm around the older son and said, Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. But your brother was lost and is found. We thought he was dead, but he's alive. It's time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate. Well, that's the gospel for today. He was lost and is found. I was lost and was found. And I suspect this parable is not just about me, but it's probably about you as well. When we hear this story, we begin to see ourselves in each of the three of these persons. Sometimes we're, we're like the, we're the, the younger brother. We're all sinners, done things that are wrong, but we're saved by God's grace like the younger son was. Sometimes we're like the older brother, wanting fairness and restitution. We want grace for us, but not for everybody else. And sometimes, if I'm really, really good and really, really prayed up and really am filled with the Holy Spirit, I might just act like the Father. Let's look at the older brother, because he's the one who always gets the bad rap in this story. What was he really saying? He says, <clears throat> he's really saying, you know, if my father had accepted the younger brother back on the terms that he stated. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me as one of your hired servants. That would be okay. That would be fair. That's just. 
It might have been okay if that had happened. He deserves to come back, but not as a son, not with all this celebration, not with all the, the things that, God, that, that the Father gave him. It's, that's just unfair. He needs, there needs to be some restitution. There needs to be some kind of different accounting because in his moral, in the older brother's moral and spiritual accounting, it was very, very precise and very accurate down to the last sin, just like I hope my CPA does. <laughs> to the last penny. <laughs> he wanted it perfectly accurate because, you see, he kept account of actions, not attitude, deeds, not what was in the person's heart. The older brother's accounting system was one of works. According to this method of accounting, it was entirely unfair for the father to be happy that his son had come home and was safe. The younger brother should have at least made good the debt through some kind of restitution. The father should have received him back, but not hugging him and kissing him and giving him a ring and a robe and a big celebration. It was just too much for the older brother to be able to take in. Thank goodness God's accounting system is not one-dimensional like the older brothers. Thank goodness God's accounting system is a lot different because Father God records our actions and our attitude, our deeds and our heart, our works and our motivation. In this parable, when we look at the two sons as Jesus did, they both are going to be found lacking. The oldest son's actions were right, but his deeds were motivated by, not by honor and love, but by, by um, just feeling required to do that. He said, look, all these years I've been slaving and slaving for you, working my fingers to the bone, and I never disobeyed your orders. Any parent in here have a child who has never disobeyed their orders? I don't think so. We know that right there a big lie, lie, lie should be flashed on the screen. The youngest son from the pigsty discovered a wonderful truth. He connected the fact that rebellion often brings misery and wretchedness. And that was the way that there was no way out of this mess except through the grace of God, the father and his father. Once we thought your brother was dead, but he's alive. We thought he was lost, but he's found. He's home with us. This is a cause for celebration. Come and join us and celebrate. But we're all lost. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's best for us. We all need God's accounting system, God's grace and love, or we're lost and living in our own pigsty. All three parables in Luke 15 are about being lost and being found. But we're given a hint about how God reacts to this to, in, the, in verse 2 of Luke 15. It says, this man welcomes sinners, that's you and me, and eats with them. God welcomes sinners and will even sit down and eat with them. God loves us so much 
But even in our sin, he is constantly reaching out to us and calling us to come home. Come home so that he can celebrate. As this is Father's Day, I know that all the fathers here would like to be just like the father in the parable. But if we're honest, we fall short some of the time. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't remind all fathers that you are the spiritual head of your family. This is not something that we should take lightly. The direction and the spiritual climate of your family is dependent upon you and your right, taking your rightful role, taking the lead. Caleb shared with us some months ago that there were studies that showed that if the father does not go to church, no matter how faithful the wife is in her devotions, only one child in 50 will ever become a regular church-going attender. But if the father goes to church and the mother doesn't, the statistics change from one in 50 to somewhere between two-thirds and three-quarters of those children will be main uh, regular worshipers in church when they grow up. Pray with your family. Read the Bible with your family daily. And lead them by your active participation in church, not just on Sunday. Sunday. The lives of your children, the lives in your family, of your family depend on you. Fathers are to love their wives as Christ loves the church, modeling the love of God the Father in their most important earthly relationship. Fathers are to care for their children as our Father in heaven cares for us. And finally, fathers play a primary role in teaching their children the truth about the reality. It is the father who should instruct his children in their understanding of the world from a consistently and informed Christian worldview. It is the father who is responsible for sending his children forth with a biblical view of reality and a faith in Jesus Christ that is rooted in solid understanding. I know that as, that as hard as I've tried, I have failed from time to time to be the father that I know God has called me to be. In fact, if I had a life verse, it would be Romans 7:19. Good, the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the bad that I don't want to do, I do. That's my life verse. <laughs> that is so true about me all the time in almost everything in my life. I was telling Ray just before the service, I heard a gospel song this week. It says, it's not how you walk on the water, it's how you walk on the land. And that's so true. It's not how you walk on the water, it's how you walk on the land, how you live your life on a daily basis, day in and day out. Yes, you'll stumble, yes, you'll fall. Yes, all of us will sometimes be the prodigal son, sometimes we'll be the older son, sometimes we'll be the father. But God is calling us to walk with him, to celebrate life. And I hope we all have a wonderful Father's Day. And let me just say one thing, especially to the Kaleo group. Call your dads. <laughs> let me tell you, right now, they are sitting by the phone waiting for your call. 
I know I am. I can't wait to get home to hear, to wait and have my children call me and tell me Happy Father's Day. They are dying to hear you call up and say, Happy Father's Day. I love you, Dad. Let's pray. Lord, we first pray for fathers. We know, Lord, that you have have given us fathers so that they might direct us and guide us and give us a, a, a basis for our, our Christian living. You know, we just ask that you be with all the fathers that are here, all the fathers that are, that are not here with us today, that you reach out and bless them. Let them know that they're loved by their children. And Lord, we also pray for the lost. There are so, so many people out there who do not know you. And you've given us a responsibility to bring your word to the lost. Give us courage. Courage to share the Lord Jesus Christ to the world that's broken and hurting, so desirous of having a relationship with you even if they don't know it. We pray for all those who are lost, that you would bring them home so that we may all celebrate with joy their coming home. Pray that, that each of us would, would see that we would be in the same pigsty as the younger son if it wasn't for God's grace and God's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have life everlasting. Amen.